What's going on, everybody? Welcome to our review for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're off to a hot start at the box office. Critics are loving this movie. It seems to be doing well uh, in fan circles. We're going to talk about it here. We're going to go spoiler free for the first few minutes, and then we're going to do a deep dive on every little detail in the movie. We got to see it a week ago tonight, actually. So we've let it stew for a little bit, kind of fleshed out some of our feelings, I'm sure, on it. And uh, regardless of where you land on the spectrum, for sure, it was an emotional ride. So I'm Josiah Leroy with me today, as always, Mr. Baba Yaga. John Fick, how you doing, Jenny? I am doing great, man. Excited to talk about this movie. It was so great seeing this movie and seeing the trailer for John Wick 4 because I could finally turn to John and go, Baba Yaga, Baba yeah. Yaga. <laughs> it was finally good. did it, folks. <laughs> so uh, Wakanda Forever. Uh, first, I, I want to right off the, the bat say... About an hour ago, numbers were updated, at least from what I saw online, in $400 million globally, this has crossed. It's a pretty wow. good start. That's not a bad start. This was going to be the first billion-dollar movie since, do you know what, Joe? First billion-dollar movie? For Disney, for Disney, which, which might be just overall in general. But first, first billion for Disney since... What, what, Timeline, right? Was it Rise of Skywalker? You got it. You nailed it. That was it. Okay. That was the last billion-dollar movie. Yeah. Got it. So, uh, yeah, man, this, I think, has the legs to do it. We're only a weekend, so we'll see what happens. But, hey, a weekend, $400 million. Now, on our show, the MCU Reviewed, we always like to get into the nitty-gritty when it comes to box office numbers, see how it did at the end of it, its run, so to speak. So, inevitably, down the line, when we, we talk about this on MCU Reviewed, we'll get into that and see where it did land. But a really good start. People are liking this movie. A lot of pressure to get this one right and a lot of expectation again we'll we'll stay spoiler free for just a few moments here but john your overall thoughts on wakanda forever and wakanda forever it is a uh it is a beautiful emotional movie i enjoyed it so much i thought it was awesome uh really well done i wouldn't say it's a perfect movie uh once we get past the spoiler free stuff we'll talk about maybe some of the stuff that didn't hit for me um but overall man like if i could sum it up it's like it's the first time in phase four since no way home, which is almost like a, a cheat code. Cause I, that movie was so much fun, but it's the first time in a while that I've wanted to go back and, and, and rewatch an MCU movie immediately. Like we rolled credits. We talked about it the next day. I'm like, man, I wish I can just go grab another ticket. I wish I can go watch it again today. It was, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Two hours and 40 minutes in it. Like it just didn't feel like it obviously it was a long movie, but it was paced well. And it was just like, man, I couldn't get enough. You know, I've long said, especially when it comes to uh, Star Wars movies or Avengers, anything MCU, actually any movie in general, I don't care what the length of the movie is. If it's well written, well executed, and well paced, it, it could be five hours for all I care. Because if it's good, it's going to get the job done. On the, on the flip side, you don't have to extend movies if they don't need to. So I really thought, you know, going into this, when I saw that it was two hours, 40 minutes, that that might be a struggle. I was like, oh gosh, that just sounds like a lot for a kind of singular hero, if you will, the Black Panther, uh, you know, as an entity movie. But I was wrong. And this was great. It flew by, felt much closer to two hours. And that, I think, is a testament to the movie. Uh, but man, Ryan Coogler came back uh, to write and direct this movie. And they nailed it. The ensemble cast was amazing. Obviously, really, really tough to do what they did. Seeing that, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman passed away a few years ago. Man, that sucks. It's just for a number of reasons. Selfishly, as a fan, it felt like they were just starting to hit their stride. Black Panther was on top of the world, and I was so excited to see where Chadwick was going to take that character. 
But that being said, for who was in this movie, thought it was absolutely well done, well uh, acted, well written, just about, you know, it, it was solid all around. Like you said, not a perfect movie. And I think we've got some some maybe similar gripes that we'll get into. Yeah. I mean, just the ensemble, the ensemble cast. So, so everybody did such a good job. It was like it was some of the best performances and some of the best direction in the MCU. I think I think this might be the best looking and the the most well shot movie in the MCU. And I don't even know if it's close at this point. Like it, they're like almost every scene in this movie is a painting. Like it is framed so well. The music is so well. It's scored so perfectly. The music's awesome in such a different way than the first Black Panther. Like it is scored so well and like so appropriately for what the movie is. Whereas the first Black Panther had its, you know, it had a very like rap hip hop centric soundtrack, which was done by Kendrick Lamar and was also incredible in its own way. Um, they stepped it up again for this one. And like I said, in a different way, um, just so much about the movie fit so well. And again, like we're going to get into the emotional stuff. They just, they handled it so well. They did it. They did a great job for us as the fans and for the for the cast. I can't imagine how emotional some of that stuff must have been for the cast uh, going through, you know, losing such a close friend, obviously, and then you know, making making some of the scenes that they did because it's you know it gets there, it goes there. Yeah, it absolutely does. And um, the way that Chadwick's absence was handled is second to none. And any similar casting where you have a prominent character that has passed away in the middle of a movie franchise. And um, they they just, you know, we're going to get into it in a moment here. They did it so well. Um, I think this is the first movie maybe going back to Spider-Man that I cared about these characters this much. Right. And that is saying a lot because I love Thor. Oh my gosh, I love Thor, especially since Ragnarok and uh, Infinity War and Endgame, all that good stuff. Say what you will about Love and Thunder. Uh, gotten to really enjoy Doctor Strange in different capacities as well. And we've gotten a lot of Disney Plus series, but nothing uh, has gotten to it this level like Wakanda forever for me. And if I'm thinking just phase four rankings, we got a lot of phase four content here. Uh, I think it's largely been hit or miss for me. I can find my way to liking almost all of it, but Spider-Man is the top. And then you got Wakanda forever second. And then, you know, we get into the other stuff, but again, just so well executed. Yeah. It's worth noting. This is the last, the last entry in phase four. This is the last thing we're going to get. Next thing is uh Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum media. And that is the start of phase five. So we've got, if we both have plenty of thoughts on phase four, we've chatted about it. I'm sure we'll do some kind of show about it where we talk more about that, but obviously we're going to focus on what kind of forever here, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good time to be an MCU fan. I think we're turning the corner here. Uh, we do have one more bit of content on the small screen. Oh yeah. Uh, for phase four. We've got the guardians Christmas special, which I keep so excited about. for. I'm so excited for that. <sighs> I'm, I'm ridiculously excited, man. That, I hope that's great. The, dude, the <laughs> trailer, really dude, just based on the trailer alone, they're going all out and like that vibe is immaculate. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm with you there. What, what a great I'm idea not- having uh, Drax and Mantis kind of be like the, you know, it's primarily focused on their journey. Like, oh my God, what? who else would you want in like a funny little Christmas special? Exactly, man. I, I think about like our, our first episode that we did, just the only episode so far, the Geekiverse podcast. And I talked about 
um, Halloween sitcoms uh, in like single episodes that I liked. I'm almost getting a little bit of the, that vibe for Christmas with this because like the, those two are a comedic pair. Like I, I mentioned Third Rock from the Sun, how they're so clueless and oblivious to kind of like the everyday norms on Earth. I feel like that's perfect with Dragon oh, and Mantis. For sure. Absolutely. And you, you got some of that in the trailer. You talk about like, you know, Christmas stuff that you know we love watching that seasonal content. This is going to be in the rotation forever. Like where this is going to be like Christmas staple content, I hope. And I can't imagine it isn't going to be gonna be right up there a jingle all the way for you i think oh my awesome. god that's gonna that's a that's a tough one but yeah maybe <laughs> uh real quick in, in the chat hockey man our buddy chris uh he said he didn't come away from the movie with any complaints he thought it was really well done uh and then courtney said chadwick's absence uh, making me cry all over again past that uh i think this is a good point we're gonna flip the script get into spoiler territory so if you have not seen the movie if, if you care about spoilers hit pause Bookmark this episode. Come back to it. Hopefully, uh, you're with us live on the chat at twitch.tv slash thegigiverse. You can watch the episode at youtube.com slash thegigiverse or listen on podcast services wherever you download podcasts. So let's let's start right here, John. Uh, oh Hockey God. Man again in the chat. The absolute silence of the theater for both the beginning and the end of the movie. That Marvel crawl was just... It's it, it it just bone chilling. Like I, I have never experienced anything like that. So the it, I'm sure if you're listening at this point, you saw the movie, and I assume in theaters because you know unless you unless you pirated it, uh, they, they start the movie with the MCU crawl, and it is just absolutely silent. And our theater was perfect. There was not a nobody did anything. Nobody moved a muscle, and I literally got chills. I felt a cold front come across the air when that happened. It was it was unlike anything else. Derek uh, Kramer sitting next to me, Chris sitting on the other side of him. We were joking that they they both stopped chewing. <laughs> like it was that much where if you were literally eating popcorn or anything, you would have heard it. Yeah. And the cliche is always that you would have heard a pin drop, but that was ringing through my head as we're watching this because you would have heard it. Yes. I'm not exaggerating. I have chills talking about like this nobody right was, nobody was even shuffling in their seats. Would you can you can hear that like during the during the movie with music is playing and stuff like that. You can hear people moving around. Nobody well nobody was breathing. Like this was I can hear my heart beating in my ears and it felt like it felt like it was forever. And you're just watching all of those clips of Chadwick and it's like it's just so emotional. Like the so the first scene of the movie, first scene of the movie is uh, is Shuri trying to, you know, come up with a, you know, a reproduction of the of the heart-shaped herb to to save uh, to save um, T'Challa from what we, you know, have been described as an illness. Um, that that didn't get me. Like it was it was emotional. I'm like, oh my god, like, what an intense way to start this movie. But like, I didn't start tearing up yet. Uh, you know, that was it, it was it was impactful, but it didn't get me. The second the the, the splash screen happens, and the, and the second I realize it's going to be silent, gone, dude. Like absolutely could not see anything. Like straight up crying. Yeah, it was it was really intense for sure, dude. You're right that no one even was was shuffling because you can imagine in the theater that is regal with those chairs if anyone adjusted their foot rest it would yeah exactly <laughs> it would have been stole horrible. oh my god it would have sucked but like again that's what a perfect theater experience you will you'll never be able to replicate that at home like again it's gonna be fun to rewatch that and to remember the experience we had in the theater and you know it's a beautiful tri- tribute to chadwick regardless or you know you see all, all the cool stuff he's done in the purple tint that they had behind it like oh my god it was so good Dude, and let's talk about that for a minute. I know we've talked about it a bunch on these reviews, but that is what makes these experiences so special for me, I think for you and and just about anyone who kind of joins that crew. But we had almost an entire row. Uh, we had, I believe, at least 10, if not 11 of us sitting there 
Uh, we got our tickets two months ago or a month whenever they went on sale, as we often do. And it's it's you and your wife, your father-in-law. My dad's there. My sister, brother-in-law. We got Derek. Unfortunately, Tim wasn't able to make it. Our good buddy, Chris. Uh, Trevor was able to make it, which was really exciting. And that's so much fun. It's fun meeting there, getting snacks in the lobby, kind of wind it up to go in. Um and then you find your seat and I feel like just the buzz gets there and it just makes it so much more fun. And on the flip side, we leave, we talk about it for a minute or two in the parking lot and then we go our separate ways. And I, I'll never forget any of that. I think that's, that's so special. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. We, we almost had that whole role sold out, but we did have JT was there with his buddies. Like we knew that he was going to be there. So that was like what, three or four more people. And then my good friend, Aaron showed up with two of his buddies. I'm like, wow, like there's so many, like it's, it's crazy when you just run into people at the same theater, but like, it's such a, it's such a cool experience. There's nothing like it, man. We had most of the theater. We really did because there's not that many seats now with the recliner. So, yeah. Um, we had at least like 20% of the theater and it was sold out. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, easily. Um, so in terms of the movie, you mentioned the obviously the montage there in the beginning. Very similar, uh, but different to what they did with Stan Lee in the the first movie after his passing, which I, you know, you kind of knew that was coming, but to actually see it on screen is is where I think it hit everybody. But past that, I'm like, all right, I have no idea where we're going with the story. I I had no expectations. I was excited because this is a Black Panther movie, but I I just had no idea. I this is the most Marvel I or the most I would say I ever stayed away from a Marvel movie prior to it coming out. Yeah. Um uh, like I stayed away from spoilers for the the last two Avengers movies, like it was my job. But I watched those trailers constantly that they released for those films. This one, I watched the trailer once and that was it. And I went in as blind as could be, really. And I'm happy I did. I don't think that there, there had to be this huge buildup and all this stuff out there to, to gear up for it. Because the numbers are kind of speaking for themselves right now, right? You're, this is a good movie based on... The box office, people are probably seeing this numerous times. You and I said we wanted to go back and see it again. Like, I don't know that I'll get back to the theater. I'd like to. But after seeing Doctor Strange and after seeing Love and Thunder, I was not necessarily in a rush to get back and see those again. I was like, you know what? I'm good to wait for Disney Plus for a month and a half. This is a different case. Different case, hundred percent. I, 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 there's so much I want to rewatch, and like, there's so many more details I want to pay attention to, and conversations that like I, I want to revisit. Like, it was a dense movie, like very dialogue dense movie. Um, like a lot, a lot of really good character writing. A lot of this, a lot of this movie was in subtitles, which I like. I always appreciate because I think it's easy for like. I don't know for movies just to not do that because it's the easy thing to do where like it would, you know, it would make more sense to be speaking in a, in a different language in certain scenes and they just don't do it because it's easy. There's a lot of subtitles in this movie. I thought that was like something I, you know, I want to revisit and make sure I'm getting the most of those conversations. Like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I can't wait to see it again. I think, uh, much like the first one, it balanced impactful story, well-written dialogue and action. And of course it looks gorgeous. But right away, if I'm thinking about two people who stole the show here, if we're not including just the presence and underlying theme of Chadwick Boseman here, you got to look at Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda and Letitia Wright as Shuri. I love Letitia Wright in this role, man. She absolutely took things to a new level. I think they both did. But ultimately, this ends up being 
kind of almost Shuri's movie. But yeah. My gosh, let's talk about them for a bit. It, it's for sure Shuri's movie. I mean, you can even you know boil it down to the fact that she's the she's the title character. She is the Black Panther, right? And you know it was heading yeah. that direction throughout the movie, and it ultimately does. Uh, I'll I'll go to Angela Bassett for a second. Man, the commanding performance from her like i i am hopeful and expecting that she gets an oscar nomination for this for best supporting actress like that 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 was it was that good and it would be fitting because black panther the first film was the first and only mcu movie to get any uh, oscar nom for best picture back when it came out so that would be that'd be pretty incredible but she she plays this this mother who's lost it all she's angry but she's so she's still so on top of it she's still running the ship and she still knows what she's doing and she's just got i don't know man she's just a, she's just a beast in like the the best way but she's hurting and it's very very clear um she, you know she she's the she's the mama bear but like just an absolutely commanding performance like stole the show for me for sure i completely agree Letitia Wright as Ashuri is also incredible but man i can't i can't stop thinking about Angela Bassett and how commanding she was if there's one word i would describe aside from queen from Angela's performance, uh, it would be presence. Cause anytime she was on screen, she commanded that. Um, I, I, she really, she, she always played this role nice, but this was really more at the forefront. If I think about one really impactful moment, it is when she basically fires Okoye. That is brutal, man. That's a tough like, one, man. That is really bad. They've always, you know, from our time in the MCU, has been the protector of the throne very close with that family yeah, and, and when things, things go sideways and Shuri goes missing like she blames o- Okoye and I don't blame Ramonda because dude you've lost everything and now you have one child who's left and she's gone I, dude, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing 100% it's like it, it does it does the perfect thing in the movie it's like the best kind of writing possible it's you agree but you don't want to it's like you you not only do you see both sides but you just don't even want this conflict to exist you don't want to make a decision about this like it makes so much sense we love Okoye like we have grown to love Okoye she is the protector she's you know she's the warrior of Wakanda but she really, she really screwed that up, man. Like she had one job. She was the one who convinced, uh, who convinced. Um, I can't think of Angela Bassett's name. What, what's the character's name? Uh, Ramonda. Ramonda. Yeah, she's the one who, who convinced Queen Ramonda to let Shuri go with them, right? And she dropped the ball and got, and she got her kidnapped. Like you, you got to put yourself in her shoes and be like, yeah, that's the right, probably the right call as a leader at this point. Like Wakanda is fractured it, it is exposed right now after you know before a couple of things that we just saw before in the movie like you got to assert the dominance and make some decisions but man that hurt to see it really did and uh, deny guerrera's role as okoye there was really really impactful too i've always loved her in that role back to the first black panther movie of course her time in infinity war and the the bit we see in endgame like i've, I've she strikes the right balance of Again, a different kind of commanding presence, but she's also got a little spunk and she's got that comedic, comedic flair yeah, to her. For sure. Uh, like one of the best moments is in Infinity War uh, when Scarlet Witch shows up and she basically goes, why wasn't she here all along? Like, yeah. that's, that's hysterical. Yep. Uh, so I, she's always found that really nice balance. But yeah, what, what was really good about this movie, I think, with this ensemble cast, it's okay to introduce new characters, but in this one, they really didn't. They really doubled down on existing characters or characters that we had already met in terms of antagonists or pro- protagonists, I'm sorry, in the MCU. So we got a lot of people returning from that first movie 
that we already grew attachment to. So when we got him here, it was to another level. It's, it's like how I like in a Star Wars movie or a trilogy. You know, you start to, to grow that interest and that connection with them in the first one. And then the second one, you cannot wait to see where they develop. Yeah. And that was a lot here. Yeah. And especially like in ways that we never expected these characters to develop in ways that they probably were never meant to develop, right? Like this was never supposed to be what the second movie was about. We were not, we, we were not supposed to get a Shuri that was vengeful and spiteful and was kind of just fueled for, you know, fueled by revenge. That was probably never supposed to be the Shuri we were supposed to see in the second movie in the black, black Panther trilogy or franchise, whatever you call it, but that's what we got. And they crushed it. Um, you talk about, you talk about returning characters. How about new characters, man? Namor, dude, Talk about a villain that I knew nothing about and was skeptical on just based on premise alone. Like, okay, this is like Avatar. These people live underwater. Like, I don't really know what to think about this. Like, especially, I thought it would really conflict with like the tone of the movie, like getting such a an out there villain and somebody new, taking the time to introduce them. I thought it would really conflict with like how meaningful the the tribute and the, you know, the situation with Chadwick was. But no, I, it, it, I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought uh, Tenoch Huerta did like, an incredible job and may- maybe one of my favorite MCU villains at this point. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I was very skeptical and only because uh, like you said, I, and I joked about it after we saw the movie because I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, we just saw you know, a lot of Avatar here and Aquaman with all the underwater stuff. Like it was silly, but um, his story is really good. So Super they, interesting. They tell you again, right? Why why should we care about this villain and what he's doing? I don't know. Let's say this movie came out 10 years ago. I don't think this character is developed that way because MC, the MCU always had the villain problem, right? What, since Thanos, they've really, really done a good job of getting behind the why. Why do they do what they do? Even if it's wrong, you can sympathize or you can understand at least. And I feel like this was really well done. Not only that, but Namor was very intense anytime he was on screen. Oh yeah. And the, the whole attack on Wakanda and then basically saying, I'm coming back in a week. You're the queen now. Oh yeah. my oh, gosh. This was a warning. The The queen is dead. This is your job now. Make your mind up. Oh man. Like I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that attack on Wakanda to be so devastating. Me neither. And I, at, at that point I was like, okay, whatever. This is a run of the mill superhero battle but let's talk about that with queen ramonda dying there i did not think that was going to happen i thought hey we'll play it out like she's going to die and in in a minute she'll she'll take a breath right yeah we didn't get that and what a move that was now there there was an interview in the past week that had released that angela bassett did not agree with this and she didn't want this to happen uh but ryan coogler kind of insisted on on why he thought it was the right direction in terms of emotional weight. And I think he was right. Is it, you know, from my perspective, because when someone dies in a superhero movie, star Wars movie, sci-fi, etc., there's always that. Oh, okay. We'll see him in a few episodes. We'll see him in a movie. We'll see him 10 minutes down the road. Right? No, like she's gone. And to have permadeath, is a really rare thing and such a meaningful one at that. Yeah, it, it was it was so perfect for this movie and it was so necessary for for Shuri's story arc, for her character arc. Like she was she was vengeful, she was mad about her brother, but she was maybe starting to show some signs of moving on, right? She was like she was getting, you know, back in the lab, she's got this new relationship with uh with um 
Iron, uh, what, yeah, Ironheart, whoever that, I forgot what her name is, but we'll talk about her in a little bit. Um, she's, you know, she's getting back to the way things are, but then all of a sudden she loses the last person she has left, her mother. And then all of a sudden it's just right back to rage. And she's, she's on that path again. So like that was, and, and, and at the very end, it comes full circle where she gets the words from her mom and, you know, show, show them who you are, whatever the exact quote was. So I, I think that was super necessary and, you know, something that was, I didn't expect either. I, I would have never guessed that. And talking about rage, how about, Someone who kind of pushed her there a little bit and Michael B. Jordan coming back as Killmonger. Talk about things I didn't expect. I would have never guessed in a million years we'd see a Killmonger appearance here, man. How cool was that, dude? Like it it, it fits so well. Yeah, and this in this that was a big twist for me. I obviously the death of Ramonda was big, but I love so much that she goes to connect. She 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 creates what she couldn't create at the beginning of the movie, right? The Heart shaper. I don't even know. Yeah, the heart shaper, or, and she goes to to meet the ancestors. And who does she connect with? It's not her mom. I legitimately did not see that coming oh, dude. whatsoever. Hillmonger, like what? Oh man! Once we once we got the music cue, I'm like, oh man, it's him. You get and you start to see the over the shoulder, the bumps a little bit. I'm like, oh, that was like the, you know, that that was the Spider Man moment where everyone popped in the movie theater for sure. That pan around to the essentially the throne there reminded me so much of in the first movie when he takes the throne and the camera goes upside down. One slowly. of the coolest shots. One of the coolest shots. <laughs> so his performance there, he had to make it count. It was only a few minutes. But I love how he talks about her dad and that he wasn't really who everyone thought he was and that her brother was too noble. And he, he said, I want to say he asked her, are you going to be like him or are you going to be like me and get things done yeah and I, what a beautiful thing because she started to take that to heart a little bit for sure yeah i mean the, i think the the whole the last third of the movie she's taken that to heart and she's acting on that even as black panther she's never really in the right headspace as black panther until the very very end until you know there's finally that breakthrough all it's all rage it's all vengeance man and then to to go just a few steps backward uh you had mentioned someone she connected with and we got Dominique Thorne as Ironheart. And that's a very nice way to introduce that character because Ironheart's going to be uh, seemingly relatively prominent in the MCU moving forward, going to be on Disney Plus, all that good stuff. But to get that here and how that executed was really nice, I thought. And Dominique had a really nice performance of swagger to her. I, uh, so I so I agree with the performance. I agree with the swagger. I don't think it was a, a well-done introduction to the character. I... Uh, I don't know. She she kind of felt like um, America Chavez in in Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness to me. Like she's just she's this person that she's like a she's a plot device, right? We're given this plot device. Same thing, literally the same thing with with America Chavez. Like she has this power. They're after her for this reason. Where this is the way we introduce this character, but never really felt fleshed out to me. I just felt like it was it was a little quick. Um, and just I never really had a connection with the character, and I thought that the suit was kind of dumb. Like I thought that her whole kind of shtick was a little dumb. Like it was a little underdeveloped. Some of the stuff with the chase and when they're when they're you know was it Boston where they found her? Yeah, because MIT, right? So when they're when they're in Boston, some of the chase stuff was cool, but like that was probably anything that this movie has to do with the U.S. and like in, in that storyline is my least my least favorite part about this movie. Whether it's there when they're you know when they're getting with Ironheart for the first time, or whether it's when they cut back to Agent Ross, that story thread at all. That's where the movie could just like have not that it needed to could have cut thirty minutes off for sure for me at least. 
See, I I like the suit. None of none of this was make or break for me. Um, I would have liked, I won't, especially with the suit. I would have liked more of the of the I'm I'm a I'm a Tony I'm a Tony Stark enthusiast. Like I, I'm inspired by Tony Stark. Like you know she she ends up being Ironheart. She has an Iron Man suit. She's a tinkerer. She's inspired by Tony Stark. I would have liked more of that backstory. I would have I would have liked to have gone to her dorm room and seen like a Tony Stark statue, like, you know, poster or something like that. That would have done a little bit more for her backstory for me. That's you know. I, I can see what you're saying there, and I could also appreciate if we were to get, let's say, the Disney Plus series on her first before this movie, because when she shows up here, you know, you know how it is when we see recognizable characters, we're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing, you know, like that. So I could I could see that that would have been cool, but uh, but you know, I was I was fine with how it was executed too. So, um, who else? Who else did I want to mention here? Oh, okay. Um. Lupita Nyong'o is Nakia. Oh my god! I, I totally forgot about her until oh she showed my, up. Like one, of, you talk about like a, a presence on screen. Like I thought that in the first movie she was she was good. I thought Nakia was a fun character. Like I never really you know had too much to say about her. I thought you talk about that ensemble cast. She just adds to it. She's just one of the one of the highlights of this movie for me. Same here. I loved her presence throughout. Probably the second half of the movie. It felt like yeah. Uh, and what she's doing and her story on why she kind of needed to go away. Yeah, we, we found out that wasn't true until the very end. Yeah, let's talk uh, about that, man. We're in spoilers. Like that's I think that's the second biggest uh, you know, second biggest bit of information other than you know, Sherry's the new Black Panther for now, because because T'Challa and uh Nakia had a baby, and that little baby is T'Challa Jr. And that's where they've been hanging out. That's that's amazing. So the the end of the movie, you know, we get Sherry kind of doing the ritual, the the which is they've passed a year of grieving. So they burn their funeral attire. And I love that. I love that she can do this now. And Nakia is a part of it. And then we go a little further and we see the boy come out. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me right I know, now. Dude. I, I wasn't in the headspace to be ready for that. And what a casting, by the way. Yeah, the like, kid's it's just an adorable little Chadwick, right? Like he looks so similar. I don't know. I don't know if they like taught the kid the mannerisms, like the eye movements and stuff, but he like he crushed it. He was awesome. The way he makes fun of Shuri right off the bat is beautiful, and she sees it too and laughs at it. But when he says that his name is T'Challa, son of T'Challa, what, <laughs> oh, man. what an awesome way to, to answer the question that a lot of people had. And maybe even just the complaint that a lot of people had when, when Chadwick passed away, Disney came out and said that we're not, we're not recasting Black Panther. We're going to end his, his storyline and we're going to tell the story that way. A lot of people were mad. People were like, well, I mean, you know, this T'Challa has a lot to do with the, with the Marvel world. Like T'Challa, T'Challa should be around. What a what a brilliant way to bring it back. Give us T'Challa Junior. Yeah, unbelievable, man. That that's the moment of the movie for me when that happens and when he says who he is. Uh, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, we I love when they they say I am so and so son of so and so in any of these movies, and there's there's a lot of callbacks in those details to the the foundation that was 2018's black panther um just absolutely bonkers and as we talked about earlier it was quiet to start the movie and it was very quiet to end the movie and that's that's what we got yep those moments of silence man that just that just they hit so hard now in terms of stuff maybe we didn't like so much uh execution and maybe visuals of of 
of the enemy here. I'm thinking is maybe the a path we're going to go down. But John, what what maybe didn't work in this movie? I kind of talked about mine. I didn't really mind too much about the enemies. I thought it was weird and a little bit jarring at first. I thought the the uh, the outfits for the um, the door melage that you know that they end up wearing at the end when they start flying around. I thought that was terrible. I thought those were abysmal. I don't know if they were supposed to be. I don't know if we're supposed to hate those, but I didn't like those. Wasn't bothered too much by the the, the design of the enemies. Um, for me, it was mostly the the U.S. stuff. It was the ties to Agent Ross, and we didn't talk about it yet. But Julia, Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus's character shows up, and you can tell she's you know she's on her war path to do whatever she's doing, whatever agency she's uh, she's heading up right now. But I just didn't care about that. You could have cut all of that for me. I, like you could have just talked about the U.S. and their involvement with the vibranium off screen, and I would have been way happier with it. Kind um, of it for me, honestly. I agree with the Agent Ross stuff. I did not care whatsoever. And you truly could have cut it and I would not have noticed a difference at all. Right. Um, CIA. I just hit okay. or miss yeah. on um, some of... Uh, we joked that they're the fish people. Like, to me, that was so meh, but it didn't deter a lot for me. And what was nice was some of the time Shuri spent underwater kind of seeing their city. I actually thought it looked pretty good. Like, I think about, like, what's a what's a comparable for this, right? Like, Aquaman comes to mind. And kind of hit or miss, different style for sure. Uh, I enjoyed this a little bit more. Granted, it is the MCU. I thought they did a better job of the location of underwater than Aquaman did. I thought they crushed it. I thought the aesthetic was cool. I thought the movement was cool. Like I thought everything was really, I don't know. I thought that was all well done. I understand the design of the people is a little off-putting, but that kind of works for me for some reason. At first I was like, uh, this might distract me from like how profound this movie kind of is so far, but quickly I, I didn't, I didn't find it to be a bother. Yeah, I could usually ignore that stuff, even if I don't like it, I think. And that, that's where I was with this. But um, small gripe, really, to say the least. Um, past that, I I don't know, John. Like, what else What else is there to talk about with this movie? What Are, are we missing anything? I'm sure we're missing something, man. It's two hours and 40 minutes, and there's a lot to it. But, you know, we loved it. That, that Those are our, obviously our thoughts on it, man. Like, I, I think I, I'm going to try to get out to see this again. I don't know when I'm leaving my house. I don't have a, I don't have a snowblower, and it's supposed to snow a lot. So I might be stuck here until next time we you know, chat about an MCU movie. So we'll see. That is very, maybe Ant-Man. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> uh, I, Winston Duke is in Baku. Oh yeah, I, oh, just, awesome! I, oh, I have a specific. I have a specific thought about that. Um, okay. So Winston Duke, yeah, Winston Duke, awesome throughout the movie. Like really, take almost takes like this big brother presence. Like he's been always very like the brute, but we've seen him have you know we've seen him be a bit more reasonable in in, in more recent appearances like our End Games and stuff like that. Um, even at the end of the first Black Panther, he obviously comes around and helps out uh, Nakia and, and uh, Ramonda and everybody like that. Um, but so specifically at the end, when when uh, Shuri's supposed to be coming out at the you know at Warrior Falls, um, and he comes out instead and says, "I challenge Black Panther." What, what, what's what's the deal there? Was, was there like an off-screen conversation that Shuri's saying like, "I don't want this," or was that a joke? I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about that. Uh, I think you're spot on and not knowing how to feel about it. But to me, I took it as a joke because I thought there their relationship as you mentioned was almost like big brother and it didn't quite obviously get there enough but i that's 
that's what I took it as. Yeah, I felt like him being she, like, oh, she's not here. <laughs> Where could she be? Kind of thing. Like, she really bounced out. Like it's not like she just wasn't there. She's, you know, she's she's out in I, Haiti, right? Like she went to she went to Haiti to see Nakia and, and to do that retro with her. So I don't I don't know. I don't know how to interpret that. I, I I would love to see more more thoughts on that and maybe some more evidence, details, stuff like that. I still when I first saw it, my the first way I processed that was like, huh, she's she's given the the kingdom to Umbaku, I guess. Like that's that's how I thought of it. And then the more I kind of think about it, I'm like, or, or was it a joke? I don't know. Right, right. I uh, I don't know. Well, we'll have to find out. And uh, honestly, I would love to get a Black Panther three at some point. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, like it always it always felt like in this movie, Shuri never really was the Black Panther. Like she she figured out the she figured out how to get the harp the heart shaped herb, and and she you know she obviously took it and, and got to the ancestral plane. It's not like she saw the right ancestor. She saw you know a, a vengeful you know cousin of hers. It just kind of always felt feels like a stopgap to me. Like I don't know if we're going to see a future with Shuri as Black Panther slash Queen. It doesn't feel like her character. It almost felt like I, she just needed to get the job done. She was the person for it. I wonder if they go in Baku for for the time being until until little T'Challa, little T'Challa can be big T'Challa again. I don't know. How cool would that be? Like I then in these this trilogy, if you will, you get three different Black Panthers. And yeah, that would be really really cool. Right, right. Uh, that, that would be awesome. I think you're. With, I'm with you there. I don't know if Letitia Wright you know, wants to do this forever or even move past. I mean, it was only four years in between these movies for what it's worth. So it's not like it was a huge time. It felt like a long time. It wasn't even supposed <laughs> to be that long, obviously. Yeah, for sure. There was a lot going on. Obviously pandemic. Uh, Shuri got injured at one point. There was a delay. Uh, Letitia, I should say. Uh, so uh, also, by the way, of course, Chadwick's death really had to change what the direction was going to look like. So this movie could have been a mess, dude. Absolutely could have been a mess. It could have been, but it was never going to be. They would have never let that happen. With all the factors you just mentioned, anybody else, any other studio, yes, this movie could have been a mess. It never it never would have been a mess with, with, uh, the, with the MCU. I mean, I would hope not. But on the, the flip side, I think about how other deaths were handled, like in Star Wars with Carrie Fisher, for example. I wouldn't say it was bad, but like Rise of Skywalker almost looks like a joke next to this. For sure. <laughs> right? Like, for sure. That's not a fair thing because, I, you know, it's just not the same. But they had in their minds to keep on schedule with Star Wars. It's got to be every two years. It's got to be every two years. And I feel like in some cases that hindered it. Maybe not. Maybe it did. But here they took their time and they let this cook and they found the right way to go about it. I, oh, my gosh. Did they find the right way? I'm so glad we got nothing. I'm so glad we did not get any any lines of dialogue reused. Always, we saw flashbacks. That's fine. There were flashbacks that were always flashbacks. It's not, it's not like they reused footage, is, I guess, what I'm saying. We, of course, didn't get any kind of CG, Chadwick. That would have been ridiculous, and we didn't get any kind of like reused footage. We didn't even give voiceover lines. Like I think this was the most respectful way to do it, just to... It's 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 over. It's over, man. But you also felt his presence throughout. For sure. Right? Like that's a hard thing to make happen. So kudos to Ryan Kugler and the team there. One of my favorite Ryan Kugler stories, by the way, is that he was always a Marvel nerd or a comic book nerd. He was at the Iron Man opening night, much like you and I go to these. He he went to that as a fan. He was in college to do this sort of thing to, to be in movies and directing and all that stuff. And eventually he found his way, you know, to Kevin Feige a few years later, really. I think that's just so amazing. It's almost like the Dave Filoni star story with star Wars yeah. with how he and George Lucas connected. Just such, such an awesome thing. Great, man. Um, any closing thoughts? 
no, I got nothing, man. I think we went through it all. What a what a cool movie. What a what a emotional movie. What an impactful movie. Beautiful. Can't wait to see it again. Makes me want to watch it again. Makes me want to go uh, watch the first Black Panther after we're done recording tonight. I have, say. I have watched it uh, basically every night in some capacity since since then. I've I've probably turned it on for like twenty minute chunks before bed or eat, while I'm eating dinner. Black Panther has been out in this house since last last Thursday. Gotta love it, man. All right, we're uh, if you're joining us live at twitch.tv slash the Geekiverse live, uh, we are going to wrap this up. Stick around. We're going to be talking Busy Sticks, which is our all video game talk show in probably about five, 10 minutes or so. We're going to get through some stuff there. Uh, we've got the Game Awards predictions. We've got all the categories that uh, have been announced for the nominees. So that's exciting. We're going to talk a little bit about God of War impressions and uh, it's going to be a good time. John, where can people find you on social media so we can wrap this episode up? And what else you got going on at the Geekiverse? You can find me uh, on social media at Disruptoid chatting at this point. Sabres hockey's been a bummer a little bit, but you know, there's there's you know, there's definitely some silver lining there, but definitely more about uh MCU stuff, Star Wars stuff, Andor's been great. Speaking of Andor, where else can you find me? We're gonna we we, we do a a show we called um i blink on this name every time and i made it i literally made the name and i blink on it every, yeah i did make the name um built on hope built on hope, built on hope. I, knew, <laughs> I told you i made the name i just I, I just always think of andor i just think of andor so yeah we have, we have a show called built on hope which is our andor reaction show it started off weekly but then we realized that this show probably is better for like you know let's maybe let's sit on three episodes or so so uh, after the finale, we will probably do our, our, our next episode of Builds on Hope. But it's been a blast. I'm loving Andor. I did not watch today's episode yet. I'm excited Same. to do so. Yeah, uh, it's going to be it's going to be great. I, th- I think uh, if it's anything like last week's, it certainly will be. You can find me on social media at I am I'm on all the things John mentioned there, but also we've got an exciting event coming up. Geeks Give Back, the third annual version of this event. It is coming up December 3rd, so just over two weeks away. We're doing a 12-hour live stream. We're playing video games. We're doing some of our talk shows live. We'll have some special guests, maybe another music video. We'll see if uh, my, my studio appointment keeps for the weekend with all the snow that's happening. So uh, if you have not checked it out yet, I do have a drum music video up to Black Panther's Pray For Me, which was from Kendrick Lamar on last year's or uh, last movie soundtrack. You can find that at youtube.com slash the Geekiverse. For all things geek, for John, I'm Josiah. We will catch you all soon. See you on Busy Sticks.